0: Mercy, God not giving you what you do deserve. Now, in light of that marvelous truth, how do you respond? Let's talk about that next, here on Truth For Today. Grace, it's being given something you don't deserve. Mercy, It's not giving you what you do deserve. Now in light of that, there's a specific way that the Apostle Paul tells us we should then live if we are indeed under God's tender mercy. How the people of mercy are to live is the subject of our time today. Here in Romans chapter 12, verses nine through 13. A living sacrifice serving one another is the title of our series from our survey of Romans. Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast, truth for today
1: he says come boldly come boldly no shame don't come groveling that would be an insult to the cross if for you to grovel into the presence of God I come boldly because I come on the basis of a new and living way the blood of Christ that opened up the curtains of heaven I've got access I'm a son not a debtor and you must know that you're not a debtor you're a son and so you've come with boldness. And we all are aware of our, why do we need Christ? Because everything was all right? Why no? Just cash in on it. Cash in on it. I had a friend of mine one time tell me, said, boy, don't you find sometimes when you come to prayer, you just feel so unworthy and, and, and this and that. And, and, and then I, I just, in the moment, I just used a non- not a good well, it wasn't too bad. You've heard me before, but I, oh get over it. Get, get in there and claim everything he died for. Well, get you ought to get on your knees, you ought to put an empty cross somewhere and when the devil's accusing you, just say, Hey devil, there's where my sins are. Go talk to him. I'm free. Are you? This is why it establishes you. Because what really bothers people is, as a Christian, how much goofing up you can do. Do you know Christians that lie sometimes? Absolutely. Do you know Christians that have got bad breath? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we are still imperfect. You need mouthwash. I mean, uh, no. But see, everybody wants to say, well, there go those Christians. Say, well, I don't know what Bible you've read. Name me one Bible hero that didn't mess up. How about Noah? You want Noah? Well, just get your daughters pregnant after the flood. Oh, don't want that one. Well, let's take Peter. Oh, you know, we pick on him all the time. No, he bailed out. Well, what about the other 11? One sold him. The other 10 all bailed out too that night. Well, let's take Samson. Oh, no, you don't want Samson. Don't you just kind of scratch your head? You killed the Philistines through this guy who had more Philistine girlfriends than you can count? Uh, He's my model of what? Being a womanizer? Well, uh, Jacob. Oh, there's a good swindler to follow. Yeah, he had more tricks up his sleeve. Well, Abraham, oh, yeah, we need Abraham. Wouldn't you women love to be married to Abraham? And every time you go on a trip, he lies about the fact that you're his wife because he wants to save his neck. He did that twice. He goes down to Egypt and says, by the way, Sarah, tell him you're my sister. Why? In case they want to kill me, I can leave town and they can have you. My hero. Every woman ought to love Abraham the ideal husband no, the, of no, those are no models you know what God's saying there are no heroes in the Bible but him he's the hero and he's dealt with more garbage more sin more lying more womanizing more whoring around more cheating no no us Christians us believers both Israel and, and the Christian church please please we don't boast of a righteousness our own we boast in our God It's our God. There's the hero. He's the hero. You are the wind beneath my wings. Well, he's more than the wind. He's the one that caught us. Are you okay? See, Christianity was made for sinners. That's why you feel comfortable in it. Oh, you're a mess-up? Welcome. This is the mess-up family. Yeah, we're the mess-up people that are going to heaven. Well, how can you get there? Another's righteousness, another's goodness, another's grace. Well, I, you guys, there's so many hypocrites in the church. Well, I know it. Isn't that wonderful? God saves hypocrites. Do you ever hear that? The, the church is full of hypocrites. Well, so is the Elks Lodge. So is the Democratic Party. So are the Republicans. Tell me somebody's not a hypocrite. Come on, get over it. But, oh, that's supposed to sink the church. Well, I'll go where there's no hypocrites. Well, don't, don't get any friends because they're going to disappoint you somewhere. Well, you better walk it. No, we're not. We're not. We're not. We're not. We're sinners. That's why I love pastoring. I'm the biggest sinner in the place. And if God can get me in, you know he can get you in. Huh? I don't have to walk this tightrope like I'm the perfect man. Oh, no. I'm nearly there, but not yet. I'm working on it. I'm trying to keep Carolyn deceived. That's why I don't ever let her testify. She really knows me. Really. You know, after 46 years, I think you know who you're living with. Oh, yeah. I better get off. We'll get on the marriage conference later. I thought this would be an edifying sermon. Um, But uh, when you keep going through the gospel... You get seven, I'm not under the law, chapter eight, what does the gospel do? I'm indwelt by the Holy Spirit. He ends with chapter eight by saying, by the way, I'm not going to let anything separate you from the love of God. And the gospel does not exclude Israel. And so he gives us chapter nine, 10, and 11, I'm not done with my people Israel I'm going to keep my promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There's a future for them. They're committing the tragic mistake of the Gentiles, but not believing. But I am going after them. I'm saving the remnant of them. And then in chapter 12, he starts telling us how to live and how people who've been rescued, how they begin to behave. But the gospel establishes us this way. If it can be firm in our mind... How I get into the church is not my righteousness. I come in as a sinner. I come in as an ungodly person. And God forgave it, took care of it. Then when I sin, when I fail, uh, it changes my motivation. I no longer intend to do all this sinning. It's not my life bent, but I know that I will because I'm still in a fallen world and I still have the seeds in me. I have to deal with that, but I can run to the same gospel on Monday morning when I blow it and get in a spat with my wife over not being able to convince her I'm perfect. I'm able to run to the gospel and say, The gospel saves me on Monday morning, 50 years after I put faith in Christ. That's what saves. What saves you? and see what we've done I've mentioned this we made the gospel the elementary level this is how you get in oh I already believe the gospel got that out of the way you got that out of the way you're going to need to know the gospel believe the gospel and cash in on it every day of your Christian life every day the gospel is saving me every day Because every day, I'm reminded someone needed to die for what's wrong with me. Every day, how did I get this righteousness? By faith alone in Christ. Who bought this place? Christ alone did. Well, how often do I need it? I need it every moment of every day. It reminds me of my sinfulness. It cures my egotistical pride that I'm making it because I'm self-righteous. Or God forbid I'm a pastor. That's why many churches sin against the pastors because you elevate us so you don't have to pray for us. You need to think of this. We might be two steps ahead of you. And if you're cold in heart, we might be struggling with the same thing. Just pray for us like you pray for yourself. We're that vulnerable. We're that weak. Because God's not going to let his glory be stolen by a bunch of preachers. The crosswork of Christ is too high. We're stagehands. I was reading 2 Corinthians 4 this morning. I try to claim a promise every Sunday before I go on the pulpit. The promise I claimed today was 2 Corinthians 4, 7. We have this treasure in clay pots so that the power may be of God and not of ourselves. I'm the clay pot that gets to bring you the treasure of the gospel. But don't ever fall in love with the pot. It's the gospel that saves. That's what saves. So he said, on and on, this gospel can establish you. Now, I see people like this. Uh, Sometimes uh, you're about to die. I'm not sure if I'm saved. Are you sure? Uh, I I don't know. Doubts, no assurance. Uh, uh, Here, my family, you know, my. My wife's brother's dying of brain cancer in San Diego. My brother Paul's been diagnosed for the third time with cancer. Uh, my wife's father dies. Her uncle dies. My family's got different health. Uh, I got an aging brothers and sisters. I got people. People are dying all over the place. And it's interesting when they, they get the the doctor's notice, you got six months to live. Oh, I wonder. Wait, wait, wait. If you got the notice you had six months to live, has this gospel established you? Has it given you this assurance that whether I live or die makes no difference? For me to die will be to be with Christ. It's already settled. I sleep on it every night. They may destroy my body if a thief breaks in. You know, I don't know how you are at your house. Carolyn, here's everything. Five minutes are on the pillow for me. I'm unconscious. Let them take whatever they want. I mean, I'd be an easy knockoff because I'm out. I mean, but what if, what if? Can it terminate what you got in Christ in the gospel? And here's the thing you want to be aware of. The gospel, I want to ask you people this. Now, Okay, you don't have to look at me. i will going to close my eyes. If you could go to heaven and there'd be no Jesus there, is that what you'd still want? We've turned the gospel in everything for me. God loves me. God paid for my sins, uh, peace, joy, and the Holy Spirit. But here, what? The gospel gives you God. It's the combination that leads to Christ. The Spirit has to open your eyes, because Satan doesn't want you to see Christ. And a lot of people in church today, they seem to be caught up with all the benefits of the gospel, and everything. The issue is, God is showing His glory in the face of Jesus by means of the gospel. And this is the gospel Satan blinds the unsaved to second corinthians four three through six he doesn 't want you to see the glory of God in the face. The gospel gives you Jesus a person do you have a personal relationship? not do you know the formula, not a rabbit 's foot that you learned at Bethel Academy if you grew up with my kids by the second grade that Jesus died for our sins was buried rose again seen the 500 witnesses. Oh, you must be saved. No, you're not. You just know the, the essence, the kernel truths of the gospel that saves no one. The Spirit of God has got to do a work in your heart so that through these facts, he rinsed the veil. And the implication of these facts, he rinsed the veil so that you see Christ. And the reason many people wash out, they're with us, they're gone. And some say, oh, they're backslid, they lost their salvation. No, no, no. They, they knew some facts, but they never saw the glory of God in Christ. For when you see him, you can never be the same. There's nothing to go back to. There's nothing to... You know, look at this. Hear me. In the New Testament, the majority of people never did grow up on apologetics. Today, we we are big into apologetics. you got to have 18 reasons why there's God. 18. Well, guess what? The early church was saved without apologetics. They were saved from the power of the gospel. And they were simple folks, most of them uneducated. But the gospel penetrated. The veil was rent. And they suffered the loss of their houses. They suffered the loss of their family. They suffered the loss of everything. They were often martyred. What was it that kept them and established them? The gospel led them to a person that they could never deny. And if you just got facts. If you're just a facts person, catechism person, I know some basic truths. That's not salvation. That's just a bunch of religious answers, but it changes no one. Christ alone saves, not just facts about him. Christ saves. Do you know Christ? Have the facts led you to put your trust in him alone? That's the goal of the gospel, not to fill our head with facts. The Jews had plenty of facts. The rabbis were full of them. They could tell you where Messiah was going to be born. They could tell you how Messiah was going to die. But they were blinded to it, though they knew the facts. Now, why is the gospel a mystery? He says, I'm now unfolding to you the mystery of this gospel. And what was the mystery? Here was the mystery. The word "mystery" in the New Testament uh, has no relationship to Alfred Hitchcock. He had not yet been born. Uh, it was a term that the uh, the pagan religions used. It was something hidden now revealed. And he said, in the gospel, God has unfolded a mystery. And that mystery is this. Through the gospel of Jesus Christ, these truths, God will form a new people of Jew and Gentile and put them in the same family together on equal ground, remove racial tensions among these who are truly no Messiah." remove the gender tensions remove social class distinctions and through the gospel is the only way you could take all peoples of all nations of all races of all genders and the gospel makes one new people and the prophets didn't know how this had worked they saw that messiah would come and die and they saw that Messiah would come in glory. And they searched and they searched, trying to say, well, uh, when does this happen? You mean it's 2,000 years between his suffering and his glory? First Peter said the prophets couldn't figure it out. They wrote down, he will suffer, he will have glory. How do they harm? And then he's saying, Abraham will be a blessing to the Gentiles. How? How? they're the goyim they're the common rabble rousers of the land how can they ever be at the same table the gospel the gospel brings people of every color, ethnicity, gender race, status, it forms a new people, you form it through the gospel, not through the world council of churches, not through the united nations not through this, through this the gospel brings people together in one family That's the mystery revealed. And finally, he said, who's the gospel intended for? He said, it's intended for all the nations. And that meant everything beyond Israel, including Israel, it's for everybody. Notice that? I said, uh, it's been hidden, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all nations... All ethnicities. Ralph Winters did a great study on this word nations, and they developed ethnos, language speaking groups. Not just national boundaries, but everywhere where there's a distinct group of people that has never heard the gospel, he wants it to go that far. William Barclay tells a famous story of how Jesus, after the cross, went back to heaven and was showing the marks of his suffering. One of the angels said to him, you must have suffered terribly for men down there. I did, said Jesus. Do they know? Do they all know how much you suffered? Do they know how much you went through? Jesus said, not yet, not really. Only a few know it so far. And the angel said, what have you done in order that people may know about what your suffering and glory is involved in. Jesus said, well, I asked Peter, James, and John, and a few others to start telling people and hoping that while they tell others, the others will tell others, and that's the way I'm really counting on to get it out. You know, this is before iPod, tech, this word of mouth the angel looked doubtful and says what if they grow weary of telling what if they don't carry through what if they're fearful of telling Jesus reply was I have no other plans I have no other plans it's the only method that I plan to use fallen, frightful fearful, failing men and women. And if they don't tell it, there's no alternative. So this great gospel that established the schizophrenic, anxious, worried, phobic, filled life of those people around your neighborhood, strung out on drugs, strung out on sex, strung out on relationships, strung out on worrying if Obama can fix this country, strung out on something, Can you give them anything that would establish them? Anything that would tranquilize them and say, all is well. All is well with my soul. I can't fix the economy. And I can't take away all the racial hate. But I can come to peace with the God of the gospel. And that will establish you even when the doctor turns his head and says, there's no more we can do. You're going to die. Then you can say, I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded he will keep that which I committed to him against that day. And I ask you now, have you ever put trust in such a Savior? Or do you have just a few ragged religious facts? And some of you from different traditions. This one, that one. Some of you grew up in the church all your life. Others grew up hating the church. All this. You got every kind of background in this church. Some of you have been out on the streets. You've been doing everything. And some of you are so versed in verses and different concepts, but you're just going to hell smart. You're not going to heaven. You just got a lot of facts. I mean, you, you know... You still don't know the person. You know the combination. But there's nothing in the box. What you want's the treasure. The treasure in the gospel is Christ. He's the one that will establish your goings. Our Father, thank you for the gospel that introduced us to yourself, introduced us to Jesus Christ. I pray there are people here with facts without Christ. Give them facts plus Christ. Let them come to Him. May they discover the treasure, the treasure of Jesus Christ. And in some way, uh, melt our lips and thaw them out so that we can employ our mouth to share good news. Let us get it as good at sharing the gospel as we were at cussing. Let us get as good sharing the love of God as we were telling people off. Let us get as good about inviting people to a feast as we were damning them to hell through a nice hot argument. Please turn our lips into messengers of the gospel. It's the only method you've given us that you're using today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Understanding who we are before God, and what God requires, and how God makes that requirement possible through His own Son, all found here in the book of Romans as we continue our verse-by-verse survey of this amazing book here on Truth For Today. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available, again, there at truthfortodayradio.org. You'll also be able to find out more about Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, who we are, what we believe, worship times, directions, and the like. Again, truthfortodayradio.org, or again, simply call 855-833-9864. Would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available through listener support. As you link arms with us financially, we are able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. So please consider that as you contact us. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.